This issue of Nil Desperandum is rated PG. Nil Desperandum 23, A Princess of the Moon, by Patricia Correll. Patricia Correll has been previously published in A Thousand Faces, Silver Blade, and The Absent Willow Review. She lives in Kentucky with her husband and her son. Our story today is narrated by the always lovely Lorna Boyle. A Princess of the Moon by Patricia Correll The first night in the new village, Hanako couldn't sleep. The house creaked and sighed all around her. She tried to hear Father breathing in the next room, but he was drowned in the settling of the house and the distant roar of the sea. Hanako rose. She dressed and slipped barefoot past her father's door out into the summer night. Hanako wandered between the little houses, keeping near the walls in the shadows. Inside the houses, strangers slept, but out here she was all alone. Hinako hummed to herself a song her mother used to sing. She turned a corner onto the main road that bisected the village. A ghost stood in the middle of the road. It was a small ghost, no bigger than herself. Hinako would have taken it for another child if it hadn't been all white. White robe, long white hair, feet white against the dirt. Hinako felt a thrill of fear, not entirely unpleasant. She half hoped, half feared the ghost would turn around so she could see its face. She waited a few moments, trembling. The ghost didn't move. Hinako was about to go home when the ghost spoke. I know you're back there. I heard you singing. The ghost's voice was high and thin like a little girl's. I was not singing, Hanako said indignantly. I was humming. It doesn't matter. I still heard you. The ghost swung round, legs apart, hands on its hips. It didn't look much like a ghost any more. She looked like a girl, only drained of colour. Her skin was eggshell white, her lips pale. In the moonlight, her eyes glowed faintly red. Hinako saw she was wearing a plain white sleeping robe, just like her own. Are you a ghost? Hinako took a few steps toward the girl. The girl laughed. No, I'm a princess. A princess? Then why do you live here in this village? The girl twirled on her toes, her long hair swinging. I'm going to the beach. You can come. All right. Hinako sneaked a glance at the girl. What's your name? Princess Kagura. But you can just say Kagura. What's your name? Asahina. My father calls me Hanako. What does your mother call you? She doesn't call me anything. She died. Ah, my mother is still alive. They left the village. A narrow path twisted over a hill and plunged down to the sand. The beach glittered silver in the moonlight. Stars crowded the sky. Waves rolled in and exploded in clouds of froth. The sun scraped Hinako's feet. Where are you a princess of? The reborn emperor has no children. I'm not a princess of this world, Kagura pointed up. I'm from there. 
Hanaka looked up, frowning. The sky? The moon, Kigura giggled. Ten years ago, my father was chopping wood. He cut down a tree and saw me inside. I was just a tiny little baby, no bigger than his thumb. But I'm ten years old, too, and we're the same size. I grew. Kigura rolled her eyes. Father knew I was a moon princess because of the way I look. I can't go out during the day. The light hurts my eyes. I can only go out in the moonlight. That's how he knew. Hanako squinted at the moon. If she held up her hand, she could cover it with her thumb. So how did you get here? I don't know. Kagora gazed dreamily upward. Some day the moon people will come for me, and I'll go home. Was Kagura telling lies? But the way she stared at the moon, lovingly, as if she were worshipping at a shrine, and she certainly looked strange enough. Hinako sat down. The sea was very dark. She edged closer to the white girl. What's it like in this village? It was three days before they were settled enough for father to take Hanako to the shrine of the sea god. The path to the shrine led out of the village and over a hill. At the top of a hill stood a house. It was the biggest house Hanako had ever seen, bigger than any of the other houses in the village. The windows were shuttered and the door closed despite the heat of the day. Standing outside were two horses. Hanako ran ahead to pet the animals. "'Who lives here?' father frowned. "'This must be where the girl lives, whom people call the Moon Princess. Come along.' "'It's a pretty house,' Hinako said carefully. She didn't want her father to know she sometimes went out at night to play with Kagura on the beach. They didn't work for it. The other villagers say the man stopped cutting wood once they found the girl. They called her Princess and said she was from the Moon.' They've lived off the offerings people bring since then. Father sounded as if he didn't think much of Gogura's parents. Hinako gave the horses one last pat and ran to catch up with him. That night she stayed up late, mending father's robe. Her stitches were broad and clumsy, nothing like mother's, but they would hold. By the time she slipped out, Kagura was already at the beach, building a castle out of sand. The sea reflected the moon in pieces that swayed with the waves. Is that what castles look like on the moon? I don't know. I was only a baby when I left. Gagora dug a moat around the castle with her thumb. I dream about it, though. Kagora, does your father still cut wood? No. Why? Hinako recalled the scorn in father's voice when he talked about Kagora's parents. Oh, nothing. Tell me your moon dreams. It was autumn before father noticed Hanako was unusually tired during the day. She'd noticed that sometimes he hesitated a long time before talking to her, tugging his beard while he thought about what he wanted to say. Her mother had never hesitated. It was as if mother had been a translator between father and daughter, and now he had to learn a new language. You sleep late these days, he said one night. Yes, father. She couldn't tell him about Kagora, 
He didn't like her parents, though Hanako didn't think he'd met them. He wouldn't like Kagura either, even though he'd never met her. She told him something that wasn't a lie. I have trouble sleeping at night. I miss mother. His gaze wandered from her to the window. He didn't say anything about Tanako sleeping late again, but, to be safe, she told Kagura that they could only play every fourth night, so Hanako's father wouldn't find out. Kagura pouted for a little while, but she stopped when Hanako asked her for more stories about the moon. Why don't we go to your house? Hanako asked her. We could play in your garden. No. Why not? Kagura offered a conspiratorial smile. They don't know I go out at night. They think I'm in bed asleep. You lie to them? Hanako was shocked. She had never told her father about her meetings with Kagura, but she had always assumed Kagura's parents knew. After all, their daughter couldn't go out in the sunlight, so when else could she play? They never ask. I'm a good actress. I can fool anyone, even all the people who bring me offerings. They always want me to tell them omens. You tell omens? All the time. But who gives you the omens, the gods? Kagura laughed. Oh, I sit very still, like this. She tilted back her head and closed her eyes. And then I make up something. I tell them to avoid the water, or it will be a good harvest, or they'll have a happy marriage. And they believe me. Why do you tell them things if they're not true? Because they want me to. Well, I'll never come to you for an omen. Oh, I'll give you a good one, Hanako. Kagura took her hand. Hanako shook her off. But Kagura looked so unhappy that Hanako forced a smile. Never mind, she said. I learned a new dance for the summer festival. Do you want to see it? The days crowded together like beads on a necklace. Winter came, and Hanako's visits with Kagura were interrupted by the cold. In the month of water, Hanako stepped outside, barefoot for the first time in months. She went down to the beach, where the sea surged and retreated. Kagura was waiting, gazing at the moon. The white girl frowned at her. I came down here the last three nights. You're slow. They dressed their dolls and pinned up each other's hair. Hanako tried to see the name of her future husband in tea leaves, but never could read it clearly. Kagura refused to do it. Earth magic can't find the name of my husband. He's a moon prince. They found pictures in the stars and sang songs. Kagura told Hanako of the moon she saw in her dreams, the crystal towers, green seas and mountains of ice. She never asked about Hanako's daylight life. I could ask the other children to play with us at night, Hanako told her once. Rai, she's a year older than us, and Nana, Ryuhai is younger than us, but they're Satoshi and Maika. They're our age. You'd like them. No! Kagura stamped her foot in the sand. I don't want to play with them. You're my friend. But... I don't know them, and I don't want to play with them. You shouldn't play with them either. 
Kagura glared. Hinako didn't say anything else about inviting the others, but she didn't stop playing with them. Kagura couldn't know what she did during the day. A year passed, and then another. Hinako began to spend more time embroidering or weaving ribbons by moonlight, but Kagura still built sandcastles and braided grass into crowns. Hinako offered to teach her to sew, but Kagura only laughed. I have more clothes than I can wear. People bring them as offerings. Besides, when I go back to the moon, I'll have servants to make my clothes. You don't have to make clothes for yourself. You could sew for someone else. Like what? Well, you could make diapers for new babies, or a sash for your mother, or a handkerchief for a, a boy you like. Heat rose in Hanako's cheeks. She lowered her gaze. Kagura flopped onto her back in the sand. It's cool tonight. Next time, bring us some tea. The next spring, Satoshi began courting Hanako. He was not the tallest boy in the village, but he had a kind face. He asked her to walk on the beach with him, and brought her a kitten when his mother's cat had a litter. Some of the other girls stopped talking to her, but Hanako hardly noticed. His name is Satoshi, she told Kagora one night, thrilling at the sound of it on her tongue. He's handsome and he's strong. He beat Mamoru and Tamino in wrestling. I don't know who they are. Kagoro was arranging wildflowers she picked in a clay vase. I wish you'd come out during the day. You'd like Satoshi if you met him. I had another moon dream last night. Want to hear it? Did I tell you he gave me a kitten? I said I don't know who he is. Do you want to hear my dream or not? One day he gave me a red bean bun. He said his mother put two in his lunch basket, but I think he only had one and he just wanted to give it to me. Ray stopped talking to me because she likes him too. Oh, shut up! Abruptly, Kagura flung the bars down into the sand. I told you, I don't know him, and I don't care. Kanako gaped. Kagura stormed away over the dunes and into the sawgrass. Hinako stared until she disappeared over the hill. Then she turned her gaze out to the sea. If Kagura wanted to have a tantrum, let her. She'd rather be alone anyway to think about Satoshi. Hinako turned fourteen that summer, before she had to stop seeing Kagura because of the weather. The first warm night of spring, she waited on the beach. Beyond the surf, the sea looked very still. The crescent moon was reflected in the water. Hinako dug her bare toes into the sand. She had a secret, and Kagura was the only person she could tell. Finally, a white form appeared at the top of the hill. Hinako looked up, smiling. Kagura had grown into a small, slender girl, graceful as one of the white cranes that passed through the village in autumn. In one hand, she held her doll. Kagura! Hanako rushed to her. Aren't you glad the winter is over? Oh, yes, I hate snow. Kagura sat down by a patch of long sawgrass. Hanako was too excited to sit. Listen, I have a secret. 
What kind of secret? Satoshi and I are getting married. <laughs> Hanako couldn't keep from giggling. Kagura's eyes narrowed. No, you're not. You can't get married until you're sixteen. It's the Emperor's law. Well, we're going to wait until we're sixteen, but we're betrothed now. We haven't told our parents. That's nothing, Kagura interrupted. I've had six marriage proposals. I refuse them all. Six? For a moment, Hanaka was startled out of her euphoria. The first one asked when I was eight. He said he'd wait eight years. I told him that he was old and ugly, and in eight years he'd be older and uglier. They only wanted to marry me because I'm a moon princess anyway. You said no to all of them? I'll never be married. I'll live with my mother and father until the moon people come for me. So you never want to marry? Hinako tugged her braid, thinking. If I'm married, my husband wouldn't want me to go back to the moon. And I want to go back, where everyone looks like me, and there are tall towers of ice with bridges in between woven of silk-like spider's webs. I have to go. Hinako rose. She'd heard this before, and she wanted to be alone, to remember Satoshi, how he'd blushed when he asked her, the tremor in his voice, how he'd kissed her. I'm tired. Why? Kagura whined. You just got here. I woke up early. Hanako stalked away, leaving Kagura sitting on the sand like a lonely ghost. In the morning, she felt guilty, thinking of Kagura all alone among humans. That night, she went to the beach. She waited three hours, but the girl didn't appear. Four nights later, Kagura finally came. Again, Hanako listened to the stories and dreams, keeping her own stories and dreams silent on her tongue. Hanako turned fifteen in late summer, a month before Satoshi. Six weeks after his birthday, she slipped from her father's house and down to the beach. She found a hillock cushioned with salt-crusted seagrass. She knelt and stared at the shadowed lumps of fishing boats clustered on the shore. Tears blurred her vision and traced hot paths down her face. After a while, Kagura came. She crouched down next to Hunako, her doll's feet dragging in the sand. Why are you crying? Kagura, I'm in trouble, Hanako whispered. Is your father angry with you? No. Hanako swallowed a sob. I'm... I'm going to have a baby. She'd only said the words aloud once before to Satoshi. Kagura's reaction was very different from his. She laughed. No, you're not. Hanako was so stunned, she stopped crying. I'm not lying. Pregnant women have big bellies. Hinako pressed her hand to her stomach. It felt no different from before, gave no indication of the strange new twinges and cramps that assailed her. Or well, not at first. All the pregnant women who come to me for omens have big bellies. I'm not lying, Hanako cried. Why would I lie? Kagura's answer came quickly. You just want attention. You're jealous of me. Hanako gaped. Jealous? 
Because I'm going back to the moon some day. Because people here worship me. Because I'm a princess and you're not. Hinako opened her mouth to shout back, but a wave of nausea forced it shut. She bent double, pressing her hand to her mouth. Kagura seemed oblivious to her distress. If you want to be a mere fisherman's wife, I don't care. You have lots of other friends, so go play with them. The nausea ebbed. Laughter bubbled up in its place, cold and hysterical. I'm not lying, and I'm not playing. Suddenly, Kagura's moon-pale face was repulsive. Go away. You don't own the beach. Kagura stamped her foot. I'll stay if I want. Hanako's face flushed hot. Her hands shook. She wanted to hurt Kagura, slap color into her cheeks. But she still felt sick. Pressing her lips tight, she got up and turned her back on Kagura. She began to walk away. Hanako! The anger drained from Kagura's voice. But Hanako didn't stop. Hinako! She sounded small. Hinako didn't care. Kagura was selfish and childish and stuck up. Hinako held her head up until Kagura's voice faded. When she was sure Kagura couldn't see her any more, she faltered, trembling. She crept home, where she slipped in through the garden door and cried herself to sleep. Two mornings in a row, Hanako's father caught her throwing up in the garden before he left to work. She had to tell him. Weeping with shame, she knelt in the grass, longing to crawl down among the green blades and hide. Father stood for a long time, his eyes fixed on the apricot tree by the gate. Finally, his shoulders heaved. I wish your mother was still alive, he said slowly. He sat on the steps and put on his sandals. I'm going to speak with Satoshi's father. Perhaps we can convince the village priest to change your ages on the marriage registry. In the end, persuading the priest took all the money father had saved for Hanako's dowry. Hanako wore Satoshi's mother's old wedding robe. Afterwards, she went to live in Satoshi's parents' house. It was small and crowded, with his parents and brother and sisters. Hinako missed her father, and her mother-in-law's tongue never stopped moving. It was weeks before she thought of Kagura again, and only because Satoshi's mother informed her, as they washed laundry, that they were going to the moon princess to get an omen for their first grandchild. Hanako froze. The... the moon princess? Satoshi's father made the appointment yesterday. We're going tomorrow evening at the hour of the fox. Oh, Hanako sat back on her heels. Kagura, her other friends in the village, had acted strangely since the marriage. They looked at her with a mixture of envy and scorn, and seemed not to know what to say. But Kagura would simply deny Hanako's marriage and pregnancy. With her, maybe Hanako could talk and play, dress their dolls and sing songs as they had before. But she hadn't seen Kagura since their fight. Do I have to go? Of course you do, Asahina. We've already paid them. Her mother-in-law's eyes narrowed. 
What's wrong? Are you feeling sick? I thought you were all done with that weeks ago. The next night, Satoshi and his father returned early from the boats. They dressed in their best clothes. Then Hanako set off for the big house on the hill, flanked by Satoshi and his mother, his father trailing behind. It was autumn, and at the hour of the fox, the sun was sinking, streaking the sky orange. The windows of the big house were shuttered, but light leaked out of the cracks and spilled down the walls. Satoshi's mother rapped at the door, and it slid aside to reveal a woman with steel-gray hair. They bowed. She bowed back. The princess is ready to see you. Satoshi's mother strode in. Satoshi slipped his hand under Hanako's wide sleeve and squeezed her fingers before following. Hanako went after him, then Satoshi's father. They left their sandals at the door and followed the woman, Kagura's mother, Hanako realized, down a corridor to a door with rice paper panels decorated with stars. Kagura's mother ushered them inside. The room was warm, a brazier burned on each wall, a raised platform faced the door, a curtain surrounded the platform. Kagura's mother motioned for Satoshi and Hanako to kneel. His parents knelt behind them. The curtain rustled, and a man stepped out. Kagura's father, the woodcutter, had a long face and big hands. Moon Princess! He faced the curtain. A young couple has arrived seeking an omen for their unborn child. He drew aside the curtain. Kagura sat on a cushion. She wore layers of silk robes, one atop the other. Gold combs held her white hair in place. The walls were hung with dark purple fabric, so her white skin and hair stood out more than usual. Satoshi's mouth fell open. Even Hanako was impressed. Kagura really looked like a princess. Everyone bowed. Hanako didn't bow as low as the rest so she saw Kagura's red eyes widen in recognition. Are you married? She didn't sound like Kagura. She sounded grown up. Yes, my lady, Siroshi said. Are you going to have a child? Yes, my lady. Kagura closed her eyes. The lids had been painted red to match the color daubed onto her thin lips. She tilted her head as if listening to a voice only she heard. She's only acting, Hinako told herself. The baby inside her shifted nervously. Without opening her eyes, Kagura spoke. Your child is cursed. It will bring you great suffering. Satoshi's fists were clenched. He was shaking. Hinako's throat swelled with fear, and then a log shifted in one of the brazier's. The flames flared up. Kagura recoiled a bit, squinting in the sudden light. It was only Kagura who couldn't bear the light. Kagura still played with dolls. Kagura had no friends. And Kagura lied. When she said nothing more, her father pulled the curtain shut. Satoshi's mother wept all the way home. In the tiny room where Hanako and Satoshi slept, they sat by the brazier warming their hands. Satoshi stared into the flames, his lower lip quivering. He looked very young, though they were the same age. 
She took his hand. He clung to her. Everything is all right, she said. Our child is cursed. Tears glittered on his eyelashes. No, it's not. I have something to tell you about the Moon Princess. Satoshi defended her, but his mother's suspicious gaze never left Hanako, and his father grew silent and worried. Hinako wouldn't let him tell them about Kagura. She wasn't angry any more, hadn't been angry since that night. Kagura was a little girl, all alone without Hinako. If Satoshi told his mother about Kagura, she would tell the entire village, and that would be cruel. They would see when the baby was born. It would be perfect. Until then, Hinako would bear it. As her time neared, Hinako grew large and slow. Two weeks before the baby was due, a neighbor boy brought word her father was ill. But when she arrived at the house, father was sitting at the table. I thought you could use a few days away from your mother-in-law before the baby comes. Send word you have to stay and take care of me. As they ate dinner, he said, I've heard rumors of what the moon princess said to you about the baby. Oh, I'm not worried. Good girl. Neither am I. It was strange to sleep on her old sleeping mat. She fell asleep quickly to the rhythm of her father breathing in the next room. She woke, gasping. The baby's feet buried firmly in her ribs. Father still breathed in the next room. She sat, but the baby refused to move. She got up and went into the garden where spring had drawn out leaves from the peach tree. The moon was almost full. The baby still pressed her ribs so that she could hardly breathe. Hinako went to the gate and opened it. She began to walk. Her feet took her around the house to the road that ran through the centre of the village. The air smelled of salt. It settled her stomach a little. Pressing her hands to her aching back, she wandered toward the beach. She thought she'd sit on one of the dunes and watch the waves, but when she came to the beach, she saw a familiar figure hunched on the sand. Kagura's back was bent, her head buried in her knees. The breeze carried a faint sound of sobbing. Hinako hesitated, rubbing her stomach. Kagura looked very small, all alone on the beach and very soon Hanako would have no more time for the moon princess. She walked out onto the beach. Kagura didn't look up until Hanako was beside her. Hanako stood, saying nothing, until Kagura tilted her face up. Tears traced silver paths down her cheeks. Hanako? I'm here. Hanako lowered herself to the sand. The baby shifted. She took a deep breath. Kagura reached out to touch her stomach. You have a big belly now. I told you I would. They stared at the sea. Beyond the froth, the moon was clearly reflected in the water. Images of stars rippled gently around it. Hinako said, What's wrong? Nothing? Kagura sniffed. Hinako saw she was clutching her doll. Why are you crying? She murmured something Hanako couldn't make out. What did you say? I'm not a princess, Kagura repeated in a hoarse whisper. 
What do you mean? I'm not a princess, not from the moon. Mother told me. Kagura wiped her nose with her sleeve. Why would she tell you that? She was drinking rice wine. So she was drunk, she didn't mean it. She didn't mean it. Kagura rubbed her eyes. Father is gone. He went to visit his sister. Father always loved me best. Mother isn't always nice, but he is. Ask him when he comes back. No, it's true. I know it's true. Sometimes you just know. Hinako leaned back on her hands. Yes. She, she said, Kagura began to cry again. She said he didn't find me in a tree. He found me in the woods, in a ditch. She said some people left me there because I looked different. Father wanted children, but they never had any. So he brought me back and told Mother the story about the tree and the moon people. She never believed it. She made him tell her the truth later, but he made her promise never to tell me. Hanako shook her head. Kagura, she said she knew I lied about the omens, that it was cruel of me to tell you that about your baby. That was why she decided to tell me the truth. It was, Hanako knew, as much of an apology as Kagura would ever offer. I'm not angry. I'm not a princess. The moon people will never come for me. I'm a freak. Kagura hugged her doll to her chest. No, you're not. Hanako laid a hand on her shoulder. You just look different, that's all. You can still... You can take care of your parents when they get old. Or find a husband, or... She trailed off. No, I can't. Hanako bowed her head, knowing it was true. No one would want a strange girl like Kagura, who couldn't cook or sew or keep house, and to take care of her mother, knowing her mother hated her. Hanako tried to find something to say that would make Kagura feel better, but there was nothing. Look at the moon in the water, she murmured. Kagura raised her head. She looked. She stood up. Hanako's hand fell from her shoulder. Kagura? The moon. Kagura took a step forward, toward the waves that skittered over the sand. Then another, and another. Uneasy, Hanako heaved herself to her feet. Kagura, where are you going? The moon people won't come for me, ever. Kagura was moving faster now. Hanako tried to keep up, but she remained a few steps behind. Kagura, slow down! Kagura didn't slow down. She plunged into the sea without hesitation, pushing forward against the rolling water. Hanako followed, shivering as the chilly waves swirled around her ankles. When her feet began to sink into the wet sand, she stopped. Water lapped hungrily at the hem of her sleeping robe. She lifted it with one hand, the other held over her stomach. Kagura! Kagura stopped. Her white sleeping robe floated in the water around her like fragile moth wings. The moonlight silvered her long hair where it touched the waves. She looked at Hanako as if Hanako were very far away. Kagura, what are you doing? Stop! Hanako cried. The sea roared, swallowing her words. But Kagura heard her. She pointed to the still water where the moon waited. I'm going to the moon. 
they'll never come for me. I'll go to them. Hinako gaped. Kakura! The white girl smiled. Here, Hinako, take this for your baby. I won't need it on the moon. She threw something toward Hanako. Hanako reached out, but the object flew past her hand and fell into the surf. She turned to snatch it up before it sank. It was Kagura's wooden doll, the one she'd carried and dressed and played with since Hanako had known her. It wore a white sleeping robe like Kagura's. Its painted smile was faded. Hanako held it tightly. She looked up to call to Kagura, but Kagura was gone. The sea was still as before, the moon's reflection bright and soft. Kagora! she shouted. Kagora! She called out until her voice was strained, until her throat hurt and her eyes watered. There was no answer but the hissing of the waves. Little Desperandum is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Editor and publisher is Jim Phillips. Audio production in cooperation with the Bear Crawling Nation. Executive producer Charles McFall. <laughs>